We actually have a huge amount of potential that we just have no idea we're sitting on. And we just kind of look within the confines of our little job and think, well, this is about all I can do. I think it's only in stepping away, being in this very uncertain space that I'm finally able to see that. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast dedicated to helping you reinvent your career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have decided to step off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and do work that matters. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you understand what it takes to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to discuss how she's navigating her transition after leaving her stable job in the pharmaceutical industry behind to shift into the clean tech sector. We'll discuss how to make the most of your time between jobs and align your work with your values. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll talk about how I managed the times in my career when I left one job behind before having another one lined up. Before we start today's interview, I wanted to let you know I'm going to be returning to The Guardian in London to host another personal branding workshop on how to give memorable presentations on the evening of Wednesday, July 31st. This is part of The Guardian's Masterclasses, a series of workshops to help you improve your career and life. And presentation skills are actually a key part of making any career change, whether it's part of your interview process or a new business idea you're trying to pitch. In my three-hour workshop, I'm going to explain how to create and deliver high-quality presentations that leave a lasting impression with your audiences, clients, and colleagues. I'll cover how to create a clear presentation structure that's easy to follow, how to design slides that make your content shine, how to prepare your delivery so you can create a positive impression with your audience, and ways to avoid the most common public speaking mistakes I see people making all the time. So if you're in London on July 31st and you want to learn a few simple techniques to improve your presentation skills, you can register for my workshop at careerrelaunch.net slash July 19. The course is 99 pounds and limited to the first 36 people who sign up. Again, you can register at careerrelaunch.net slash July 19. Okay, on to today's interview, where I'm speaking with Kelly Price, a serial entrepreneur with a desire to apply her strategic mind and business building experience to the world of sustainability. After 18 years consulting for the pharmaceutical industry through medical marketing research, Kelly realized she would have major regrets if she spent her entire career in the corporate world. So she recently took a leap of faith and quit her job without another one lined up so she could dedicate herself more fully to shifting into the world of clean tech and sustainability. As someone with extensive experience pitching for business to clients, she would now like to use her skills to help clean tech and sustainability startups deliver more coherent, persuasive pitches to secure more investment. Now, I was really happy that Kelly agreed to be on the show because I think that too often you only get to hear about someone's career change journey after they've got it all figured out. But the reality is, is that most people who have gone through a major career change have had to navigate some seriously confusing times when there aren't really any clear answers about where to take your career, which is where I suspect you may be in your own career if you're listening to this show. So I think it's important to hear from people who are right in the middle of navigating their transition and still figuring things out. You can get all the show notes from today's episode and check out Kelly's TEDx talk on stem cell donation at careerrelaunch.net slash 60. Kelly spoke with me from London. Okay, good morning, Kelly, and welcome to Career Relaunch. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, well, I am hoping to talk with you about a few different things today, including your time in the corporate world, why you chose to move on from your most recent role, and definitely about your leap of faith to leave one job behind without having another one lined up just yet. But I was wondering if you could start by telling us what you're focused on right now in this moment in your career and your life. In this moment, I'm trying to figure out what my next step is, but I'd say I have one guiding North Star to that, and that is I want to do something that helps the planet, something in uh, sustainability or clean tech, just because I'm one of those crazy people that thinks that climate change is the biggest problem facing our planet right now. And if I look back on my life and I know that I wasn't part of the solution, in fact, I was part of the problem, I know I won't be satisfied. Well, I really want to thank you in advance for coming on the show, Kelly, because I know you mentioned you don't have things exactly figured out. And I actually think that's really nice because I think it can sometimes feel like everyone else out there has their career figured out. But in reality, for many people, especially those listening to this show, the process of navigating a transition is really confusing and there are no clear answers. So I'm really looking forward to hearing you give a glimpse into the realities of a transition. I was wondering if you could start off by just explaining what you were doing before this moment. I know you had spent many years being involved in the world of oncology drugs, where, as I understand it, your job was basically to help bring cancer drugs to market. Could you tell us exactly what you did during your time working in the pharmaceutical industry, and then we can move forward from there? I kind of fell into my career in the pharmaceutical industry When I was in college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I graduated probably like lots of people, but I knew what I was interested in. And uh, that was biology and languages. And there wasn't a real clear connection between the two. I was studying Japanese and Chinese and human biology. And people asked me, you want to be a doctor in Asia? And I kind of be like, no, I'm just interested in this stuff. And when I graduated, which was uh, 2001, The tech bubble in Silicon Valley was bursting and getting a job in that area was not going to be the easiest thing in the world. So I thought, well, I do speak Japanese, so maybe I could get a job in Tokyo. I was lucky enough to go to a career fair for Japanese speakers and I found a job in Tokyo in consulting. I think when kids are graduating from college, they want to be quote unquote successful. And in my day, the way to be successful was to go into iBanking or be a doctor or a lawyer or consulting. And people really didn't think too much outside of the box at that point. Startups weren't really a thing back then. And so in my desire to be successful, I thought consulting would be a good way forward. And I got a consulting job in Tokyo, but I quickly found that I wasn't able to really use my biology background in that job, even though I thought I might be able to. So I found a job in medical market research very quickly after in Tokyo that allowed me to use my Japanese skills in market research and also learn about medicine through my job rather than, for example, paying to go to med school to learn about medicine. So that was a really good fit for me that I kind of just stumbled into by following my interests. How did that experience compare to what you thought consulting would be like for you? Can you remember back that far? In my mind, in my naive little new graduate mind, consulting was this very glamorous career where you wore a nice suit and you went to the client site and you gave very 
erudite answers to business problems. And um, when I finally got on the ground, I found myself basically being a body, <laughs> kind of hired out on a project. It was interesting. I remember one meeting that I went to in Osaka. So I was in a PricewaterhouseCoopers consulting in um, Japan. So all my colleagues were Japanese, clients were Japanese, and I was staffed in the service and energy sector. So basically big oil, big gas, electricity companies, um, pretty far at that time from my interest as you could get. And all the same, you know, I was eager. And so I wanted to make an impact. And I went to this meeting, you know, one of my first meetings with a client. And I remember I had the audacity to ask a question at the meeting. I was never staffed on a project again. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was about as demotivating as you could possibly get for somebody who feels like they've just got a really great education and they're fresh out of college and they really want to put that to good use. It was that experience that told me that I had to get out of consulting very quickly. So I went to medical market research, which is kind of like an extension of consulting, but in my mind, based a lot more on data. Um, whereas, honestly, I'll tell you a true story. For the same project, one of my superiors and I, you know, we'd been asked a business question by the client. We went to a bookstore and found a book <laughs> and like started pulling graphs out of the book to answer the client's questions. That's how much we knew. You're getting paid for that. So that yeah. is so funny. I, we didn't talk about this before, Kelly, but I actually started off my career in the business world at a health policy consulting firm in Washington, D.C. And I remember, yeah, like one of my first roles when we went to client meetings was to just take notes. That was literally my role was to take notes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, when we did need to speak up and say something, it was stuff that I had literally just looked up like the day before. So I found it it found it to be really a really strange dichotomy between coming in supposedly being an expert, but also not really knowing much about the thing that you're talking about. So you get really good at, at talking about things authoritatively that you really have no clue about. So yeah, that's interesting. So you spend the next chapter of your career. I know you spent several years, uh, many years working in healthcare and oncology from that point on. At what point did you start to think that you wanted to do something else? When did that begin for you? It was gradual. The beginning of it, I think, was actually when I moved to China and I saw how much damage our modern economy was really doing to the environment. Living in Shanghai, I remember I would wake up in the morning and open the curtains in my high-rise apartment and wonder how far I would be able to see down the street. I lived in China for about four years, and I began to be able to count on my fingers the number of what we called blue sky days in a year. They were oh, very wow. rare. Yeah, yeah. You just came to take it for granted that the day would be gray and quote-unquote overcast, but it wasn't really clouds. It was actually just smog. And that's when I started becoming very concerned about what we were doing to the planet of course, in China specifically, because that's where I was, but also just in general, knowing that really that's what we were doing to the planet all over. And what happened in China didn't exactly stay in China. You know, wind travels, it blows all over the place. One of the things you said in your bio, Kelly, was that you would have major regrets if you spent your whole career in the corporate world. And I hear you 
saying that there was this environmental concern that you had about the planet. Was there also something about being in the corporate world that you felt was contributing to this? I'm reading between the lines a little bit, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but was there an aspect of what you were doing that you felt was not exactly helping the cause? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I think that there were two things. Obviously, the first was just seeing what business as usual was doing to the planet. But then in terms of me being a part of that business as usual in the pharmaceutical industry, and honestly, I don't feel like it was even that bad when I first started. But over the course of my career, I saw the companies getting greedier and greedier. And I saw you know, cancer drugs that were truly innovative and truly helped patients, the prices be jacked up a hundredfold in the course of my career. That technology wasn't new. It's just that the companies realized that they could charge more for it. And I found this more and more unconscionable. And I didn't like that I was a part of helping develop these drugs that offered small incremental benefit at huge prices that would at least make Americans probably have to remortgage their house to be able to pay for it. I just didn't believe that was right. Can you remember how long of a time period there was between when you started to feel this way and when you decided to leave? Like how long of a period was that? I wish I could tell you it was instantaneous, but there was a long lag. And this is something something I'm not proud of, something I look back on with a sense of regret, but also a sense of, you know, I don't know how I could have done anything differently knowing what I knew then, if you understand what I mean. Looking back, I can be like, oh, I should have done this or that. But when I was in it, I really did feel quite stuck. I finally got to the point where I was really sure that I wanted to make a change about four to five years ago. So we're talking about years then when you were feeling this way. Why didn't you leave sooner? And I'm asking you this because I've been in a similar position where I wasn't really feeling it with my job and I didn't feel proud of what I was doing, but I still hung on to it for longer than I expected. Oh, God, I I hate to answer this question, but the honest answer is two things, fear and money. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things. I I was afraid to leave. I was afraid to get off that corporate treadmill. You know, I'd even had people say, well, you know, if you take some time out, there's a gap in your CV and that looks terrible. And I was like, oh no, I want to be successful. You know, I'm an overachiever. I can't have a gap in my CV. Um, You know, there was that. There was a lack of creativity on my part, a lack of maybe belief in myself that, you know, there was much else that I could do. And there was also, and Joseph, I know you and I have talked about this, but, you know, the proverbial golden handcuffs. Every time I thought about making a change, and I actually did try to about twice, I had another carrot dangled in front of me with a better title and a higher salary. And you think to yourself, well, I mean, I'd be silly to not take that and give it a try see how it goes, you know, surely it can't be that bad and get a bit more money. That's the other thing. I remember at one point I was like, I set this target and I was like, all right, when I have this much money in my bank account, I will take a break, go traveling and figure everything out. And that amount came and went and then it 
was a new number. I was like, oh, you know, how did I ever think that that would be enough money for me to give up my job and let go, you know? So the goalpost always moved every time. There's always a carrot dangling in the distance, it seems. And even when you reach that carrot, then there's another one that dangles in the distance. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. What ultimately was the tipping point for you? So just to take a step back, what I did was in order to allow myself to be able to stay, I decided to apply to business school. And I did the executive program at London Business School for two years just so I wouldn't feel like I was living Groundhog Day. So I felt like I was moving forward in my life and learning again, as opposed to doing the same old job day in, day out that I was already so bored by. And the purpose, the ostensible purpose that I told myself for doing this MBA was to be able to transition to clean tech, to finally do something that I really was passionate about. And while I was doing the MBA, I took every entrepreneurial course that I could get my hands on and really tried to pursue some clean tech ideas that I had thinking, maybe when I get out of business school, I'll start my own venture. Maybe I'll find something during business school that seems to have legs that I can pursue after graduation. And that will be my transition. Unfortunately, two things happened. The first is I didn't find such a project per se during my time there. And the second is that after working full-time in a demanding job and studying full-time, because even though they call it like an executive or part-time MBA, it really is pretty much full-time study with a full-time job, I was uh, pretty burnt out. And so what I decided to do was to leave that job upon graduation, which I'd always planned to do. But rather than jump into a brand new job in a brand new field, when I was feeling pretty tired, I decided to go traveling and to use that time to recharge and hopefully to figure out what it was I wanted to do next. And so I took a belated gap year and traveled for about nine months and enjoyed myself immensely, but <laughs> didn't still quite figure out what it was I wanted to do next. I know you're now in a transition right now and you decided to leave your most recent job to move on to something else. How did it feel to move on from your job without having another one lined up? I mean, I'll be honest, it's scary. And at the same time, it's very exciting, probably for the same reason, uh, adrenaline. <laughs> but, you know, when I got back from my travels, I had lined up a job in my old career, you know, pharmaceutical consulting because it was easy. And once again, it was another carrot that was dangled in front of me. And oh my goodness, the conditions were perfect. It was a 10 minute walk from my house. It was with a great company. It was with one of the best teams I've ever worked with. So the conditions were ideal. It was a dream job if that were really the career that I, I still wanted. And I'll be honest with you, you know, pretty much from day one, I was absolutely miserable. And that was a big warning sign that, you know, it was completely the wrong thing for me to do. What was miserable about it? Just, I had no motivation. I didn't believe in what I was doing. I, in fact, no, I despised what I was doing, which is really horrible. Right. <laughs> yeah. So every day felt like such a struggle just to get into the office when it was only a 10 minute walk away. Was it the nature of the work that you were doing or was it the service or the product that you were trying to market or both? All of the above. It was just 
I didn't believe in the work that I was doing. And, and so much of it felt so meaningless, you know, working to come up with the best ad for a drug that might never go to market or a drug that you knew wasn't that great to begin with or trying to figure out a clever way to trick doctors into using this drug that wasn't that great, you know, that sort of work. When I'm looking at the big picture and going, wow, the planet's on fire. Somebody ought to do something about that. It's interesting because, you know, when I was in China, I saw what we were doing and I thought to myself, well, this isn't good, but I'm sure the adults will sort everything out, you know, will enact some kind of legislation. Somebody's going to sort this. And uh, now at the ripe old age of 42, I realize, hey, wait a second. I'm one of those adults that I was always waiting on to do something. So if I'm not going to do anything, who is really? What do you think has been the hardest part of this transition for you? I know you've moved on from something that you didn't like doing. Um, and yet I know that having done this myself, because I've left a job without having another one lined up, I know it can also be a little bit anxiety generating. Yeah. What's been tough for you about the transition? The tough thing is just not knowing which direction I'm going to go in. I've got a few leads. I've got a lot of things I'm interested in, but when you're mid-career and you're trying to parlay your experience in a completely different field in a new direction, it can be difficult to get buy-in from people. And I think a lot of the time, companies are eager to take on younger workers who they feel like they can train up from the very beginning. And if you're coming from a different background, you really have to do a lot of convincing to get people to understand that actually coming from a different background can be a strength because you have a different perspective, an outside perspective that can add a lot of value. But not everybody, at least initially, views it that way. I was watching your TED Talk, Kelly, entitled Cancer, You Could Be the Cure, where you were talking about helping to cure patients with blood cancer through stem cell therapy, which I thought you delivered really well. And I'm wondering how you go from talking so passionately about that to having this other and additional interest in clean tech. And the reason why I ask is because I know that sometimes people who are listening to this show struggle with either a letting go of what they've invested their energies in to date and also be walking away from something that maybe to outsiders seems on the surface to feel noble, but just isn't really where you want to be devoting your energies any longer. It's funny you mentioned that because um, I've talked to a lot of friends, you know, about me wanting to transition and, and trying to see if I could leverage any connections. And a lot of people go, oh, well, well, healthcare, you could do this or that in healthcare. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and it almost takes a lot of convincing to convince them that I could be good in something beyond healthcare, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But I think at the end of the day, you kind of hit on it. What matters is passion. And thank you for mentioning the TED Talk because saving lives through something as simple as stem cell donation is something I'm absolutely passionate about because it's so easy and it has such a profound impact. It can save somebody's life. So that's so easy for me to talk about. But I'm also equally passionate about saving the planet. So that's the connection there is that desire for me to help make things better. I didn't feel that passion in marketing an overpriced, under-delivered cancer drug. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I think it's a good reminder that you can absolutely have multiple interests and multiple areas where you want to be devoting your energy and that it can manifest in many different ways. Before we talk about some of the lessons you've learned, you mentioned London Business School a second ago and how you did your MBA there. And I was wondering if we could talk for a second about the LBS reunion, Um, (laughs) because that's where you and I first crossed paths when I was given a keynote talk there about career change. And I've always found reunions to be fascinating from the standpoint of what I've found to be inevitable comparison and judgment that comes up. So I was wondering if you could just give a glimpse into what it was like to go back to a reunion like this during a transition like the one you're in right now. And I'm assuming people are asking what you're up to and you're hearing about what other people are up to, including from people who are maybe doing quite well in their careers. What was that like for you? I'll be honest, I had just left my job like a few days before the reunion. So it was still quite a transition period for me. And I was still adjusting to, you know, the fact of not having a job and not having one lined up. I found just networking with people I didn't even know. There's, oh, so what do you do? And I'm I'm thinking in my head, nothing at the moment. (laughs) 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 How how do I answer this? You know, I I can tell you what I'd like to be doing. But yeah, I even went to a networking event and people asked me, what do you do? And I felt so embarrassed to have to say nothing or I don't know that I just kind of came up with something on the spot. And I I said, oh, well, I advise clean tech companies on their pitches to investors. I literally made it up on the spot. And now I'm actually kind of pursuing it as a business, as, as a service that I'm offering people. Yeah, that's <laughs> there you very go. interesting. It, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, the last thing I want to talk about, Kelly, before we wrap up, are some of the lessons you've learned along the way of your career journey. Is there something that you've learned about yourself during this transition? I know you're in the midst of it right now, but just wondering if you've had a chance to think about what you've learned about yourself through this process. I, through my life, have kind of followed my interests, having no idea how in the world they might connect. Looking back now, as I'm making this transition, I can see in hindsight a number of things that I pursued along the way just kind of on the side, sort of out of interest that now are coming together. For example, when I was at LBS, I pursued all of these entrepreneurial classes. And now that I'm looking to make this transition, I have this network that I can kind of plug back into and say, hey, you know, I'm looking in this area. Is there anybody you can put me in touch with? And for the last two to three weeks, I have been doing nothing but informational interviews, just meeting with people and getting ideas and getting other people I should talk to and things like that. And if I hadn't done that at LBS, I wouldn't have had a network to even go back to, to make this transition. Another thing is while I was in my last role, you know, back in medical consulting, I actually took a day off work and went to a biogas conference in Birmingham just out of interest, because one of my clean tech ideas was what if we took all the food waste in London and biogassed it to turn it into electricity, and maybe I could start a company doing that. So I literally went to Birmingham for a day just to attend this conference, just to kind of float that idea and see how feasible it might be. Now I'm actually interviewing with an NGO that works in the biogas space that puts on that conference randomly. Like that just kind of came on my radar and I had no idea that there was a connection, but there was. And um, a long time ago, out of curiosity, I had 
checked out from a library a book called Waste by Tristram Stewart and started reading it and learned about how much food we waste, you know, from grocery stores, basically in our homes and, and this and that in the industry. And uh, now I'm interviewing with a company that works on getting rid of food waste at point of production. So there's a whole bunch of little things that I did along the way that I'm now seeing results, whereas I never viewed it with an ulterior motive. I just did it out of interest before. What about something that you wished you had known that you now know about what's most important to you in your career? Well, I think my last role just showed me money isn't what makes me happy. Meaning is what makes me happy. And I wish that I could have had more confidence in myself to transition earlier. I wish I could have had more creativity, you know, and thinking of things that I could have done beyond what I was doing at that time. But I think that, I don't know if it's companies themselves, corporate world puts people a little bit in boxes and almost makes you think this is about all you can do. And it's really sad because I think we actually have a huge amount of potential that we just have no idea we're sitting on. And we just kind of look within the confines of our little job and think, well, this is about all I can do. And I wish so badly that I could have known that before. And I think it's only in stepping away and you know, being in this very uncertain space that I'm finally able to see that now. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. And finally, do you have anything you hope someone who's listening to this will take away from this conversation, especially if they're feeling misplaced in their jobs, but don't know exactly what they want to do instead and just not sure what to do about their situation? What I really hope people take away is the importance of pursuing those seemingly random outside interests, because I think that those are the things that really lead us down the path to being who we're meant to be. And so often we try to put ourselves in these confines of what success means. And, and what that really means is we end up being just like everybody else, where the competition is the fiercest. And it's when we really pursue those interests that are uniquely ours that we can become who we're meant to be and add that unique value that we have to give the world. And the world's really missing out when we don't do that. Well, that is a really great reminder, Kelly, for us all to not be afraid to explore and just dip your toe into another interest you may have, even if you don't know where that may lead you. And speaking of additional interests, I want to wrap up with what you're doing right now. You alluded to the interest you developed for clean tech during your time working in a different industry. Can you tell me a little bit more about your clean tech consulting service? At London Business School, there is an incubator for startups. And when I quit my job and had some free time, I reconnected with some people. And one of my friends is actually at a startup in the incubator. And he said, hey, could you come help me with my pitch? I'm pitching to some investors. And so, so I took some time out and I went and I helped him with this presentation, trying to figure out what his story is, the best way to tell it in the two minutes that he had. And um, he seemed to find my feedback really helpful. And it's something I quite enjoy because in my line of work in business development, I've done a lot of pitching in my day. And then when I was in the entrepreneurial classes at LBS, I did that all the time. And so when I helped him, I thought to myself, gosh, this is a really great use of my skill set. And it's something I really enjoy and I really care about. And so I started kind of reaching out to other little clean tech startups, because that's the space I'm really interested in, to 
to offer pitching advice and just kind of general consulting services right now, just to see what kind of demand there might be for this and to see what kind of value I could add. And I've been really surprised at the reception so far. So that's something that I'm just kind of looking into on the side as I also look at other opportunities. Very cool. It's it's really great to hear you already jumping on onto that idea so quickly. And if people want to learn more about you or your clean tech consulting service, where could they go? So the website is www.sundryventures. That's S-U-N-D-R-Y-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot co dot U-K. All right. Well, we will be sure to include a link to Sundry Ventures in the show notes, Kelly. And just wanted to say, I really appreciate you providing all of us with a good reminder that transitions can actually be very fruitful and provide a real opportunity to explore a wide range of ideas. So thanks so much for telling us more about the importance of stepping away from a role that's not right for you, that that can really open up other opportunities for your life and how you're making the most of your transition. So best of luck with that, your clean tech consulting work, and I'm looking forward to hearing where you ultimately end up landing. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Joseph. I really appreciate it. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Kelly's thoughts on the importance of aligning your work with your values and the upside of leaving one job behind, even if you don't have your next move fully figured out. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to share examples of times when I decided to leave a job behind without having another one lined up and what I learned from making those leaps. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to thank Audible for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks offering over 180,000 audiobook titles for listening anytime and anywhere on your favorite device. And for listeners of this show, they're offering a free audiobook download and 30-day trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash career relaunch to download your free audiobook today. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. For today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to pick up on this idea Kelly mentioned about closing one chapter in your career down before you have your next job lined up or your next chapter figured out. And I thought I'd just share a few times in my own career when I resigned from my job before I had the next job secured, why I decided to make those leaps, and what I learned from doing this multiple times in my own career. Now, the conventional wisdom out there says it's much easier to find your next job when you're still employed. And this is something you probably hear all the time. And I get where that sentiment comes from. Employers tend to prefer hiring you when you're already gainfully employed because it signals you're employable. You come across as more confident and less desperate during the hiring process. You definitely have more negotiating leverage when you don't come across as needing the job you're offered. And there's also this broad assumption that people don't tend to leave jobs without another one lined up unless something is wrong. So I get that conventional wisdom, and in my career, I've definitely felt a lot less pressure when I already had a job lined up before leaving my former job behind. At the same time, there's also a different kind of pressure in place if you do want to move on to something new, and you're having to balance your job search or your side project with your full-time day job. Part of it is just time and energy. Limiting job searching to evenings and weekends is not easy, especially if you're feeling drained from your day job. Another issue is logistics. Finding a way to covertly interview during the day is pretty tough. 
And then there's just headspace, having the mental room to evaluate what you truly want, which isn't always easy if you're balancing all your obligations at work and at home. So in my career, I've had my fair share of instances when I've decided to go ahead and close down one chapter of my career before I had my next move figured out. For example, when I resigned from medical school, I had no idea what I wanted to do instead. When I resigned from my marketing role at Clorox to move to London, I didn't have my job lined up yet in the UK. And when I resigned from my marketing job at Goo, I also didn't have my next role lined up. And there were three common characteristics across each of these instances when I decided to make a leap. First, I'd reached a point where I just felt like I was spending too much of my days doing work that no longer felt aligned with the priorities in my life. Second, I realized I was no longer making the most of who I am. And third, I'd gotten to a point where I just didn't find my situation acceptable anymore and really felt I needed to do something about it. In each of those situations, though, I really had to hustle, network aggressively, and dedicate myself fully to the job search in order to land my next role because I do think it's harder to find your next job if you're not employed in many ways. And when I mean dedicate myself fully, I'm talking about treating my job hunt like a full-time job, putting in 40 to 50 hours a week on the search. What I've learned from making these uncertain leaps into the unknown is that it actually is harder in many ways to navigate these sorts of transitions. But at the same time, if you can afford to do it, there are benefits. You can bring your A-game to the job hunt with a full tank of energy. You actually end up having the headspace to gain some much-needed perspective and clarity on what it is you truly want. And you actually have some time for yourself to just regroup and recharge before your next big endeavor. So if you're in a situation where you don't necessarily like your line of work, but you don't feel like it's an option to walk away before you have your next role lined up, just know that people do actually do this. And as someone who's done this myself and someone who's crossed paths with a lot of career changers, I can tell you that it absolutely can work out as long as you're willing to really put in the work to uncover the right opportunities, to give 110% to the recruitment process, and to weather the uncertain transition and judgment you might face along the way. Ultimately, you just have to decide where to draw the line. And whether you can realistically afford to have an employment gap if things take longer than you expect. But I do think that sometimes you just reach a point where you have to let go of what you have to open up enough space for something that's more important. This brings me to a quote from the late advice columnist Ruth Crowley, also known as Ann Landers. Some people believe holding on and hanging in there are signs of great strength. However, there are times when it takes much more strength to know when to let go and then do it. So if you find yourself in a situation trying to figure out whether to hold on or let go of your job before you have something else lined up, my challenge to you is to answer two questions. First, what single biggest interest in your life are you serving by staying? And second, What single biggest opportunity could you open up for yourself by leaving? Then just see how those two stack up against one another 
and do your best to make a call on whether or not now is the right time to move on. If you want some help organizing and capturing your thoughts related to this challenge and exercise, I've got a free worksheet you can fill out to help you sort through whether you should stay or leave your current job. You can download it at careerrelaunch.net slash 60, where you can also find a summary of all the key concepts from today's conversation with Kelly. Again, that's careerrelaunch.net slash 60. In our next episode of Career Relaunch, we're heading to Pasadena, California, where I'll be speaking with a former partner at a law firm who also decided to leave his job before knowing exactly what he would do next, and eventually went on to found his own public adjusting company. We're going to talk about the dynamics of following in the professional footsteps of a parent and how being unhappy at work can affect your family life. Thanks so much for listening to Career Relaunch, and a special thanks again to Kelly Price for sharing her story with us today from London. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.